Sim Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it up for the Wigan Warriors. Welcome to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars. It's Memorial Day weekend. And you know me, being a big military guy, it's going to be an emotional weekend, but also being a motorsports person, what does Memorial Day weekend represent? Uh, How about an entire day of nothing but racing? You wake up, it's F1, then it's Indy, then it's Coca-Cola 600. I mean, you literally can just get yourself an entire case of high noons, sit down, turn the TV on, and watch racing while you cook on the grill and drink high noons all day on Memorial Day weekend. And it's all about freedom, right? Memorial Day. Those that went before us allow us to be free, have a smile on our face, and enjoy the fruits of living in the United States of America. That being said, this week, jam-packed. Got a great guest that's going to come on here shortly. But how about my how about my sign up there, right? Talking about the bird. Wonder what that may be about. Okay, but hey, you're going to stick around to the end of the show. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the all-star race. We are going to talk about NHRA Chicago. Some some pretty exciting winners. We had some weather roll through. Pro Mod, we just it's all about racing, but got a special guest coming on for you. And you may or may not know the company. Probably when I introduce them, it'll probably go ding ding for you. But we're going to get right to that right after this. All right. Our guest this week, her, her last name's Moroso. So I don't know. Maybe that might let it out of the bag who she works for. But uh, we're going to get her in right now. Hello. Hello, Miss Penelope. How are you doing? Are you doing well? Here she comes. Uh-oh. Where is she? There she is. Well, uh, welcome to Racers and Rental Cars Podcast. Penelope Moroso. Look at Hi, you. how are you guys you- doing? I don't I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. All right. All right. So Obviously, we let it out of the bag, right? Your last name's Moroso. What company do you work for? Moroso Performance. <laughs> so, I, I know that it had to be a normal thing, right? Like growing up through high school and going to college, you had to run across people that their dads or their grandparents or somebody, somebody in there knew the name Moroso. And like, they they just, you know, what was the most awkward, you know, out front question? Hey, are, are you related to the Moroso family? Like, w- give us the, the best story that you've got right off the bat so that we can put everybody out there that's listening. Give them a good chuckle today. No, so it's funny. When I was in high school, I really didn't think I was going to be working for the family business. And so there was a lot of times where I wasn't paying attention to the motorsports industry. And we were at a car show one time and I just noticed there were a couple Moroso parts on their build. And so I just got to talking to them and he started rattling off every single component he had on his car. And then he was asking me ABC and I'm just staring at him like, I have no clue how to answer your questions. And so I've been getting that a lot lately. I've been getting better at answering their questions. But honestly, it's just funny because people are like starstruck and like I'm starstruck that they even know who I am. Well, I mean, it's got to be an inside track. Like naturally, everybody would assume, well, your last name's Moroso. You've got to be into cars. Are you into cars? Yes. Yes. Short answer. Um, I'm definitely getting more into it. Um, we host a cars and coffee here every other weekend. So now I'm like trying to pay more attention, um, to what everything is. And I've been going to races this past summer with our sales team, um, or this upcoming summer, I guess. Um, and so I'm trying to pay more attention to cars. Um, 
I'm thinking of starting my own build pretty soon. Um, so it, it's interesting because really I didn't pay attention for a long time. And I, was, I know I, I know a cool car when I see one, but now I'm really trying to get into it and really see what's under the hood. Okay. So you said that you're getting ready to start your own build. So I, I guess I would lose this bet then that you just can't walk out into the, into the family garage and go, I think I'll take that one over there. That that's just not how it works up there. No, I got to get my hands dirty. <laughs> All right. So what are you thinking about building? So I think to keep with tradition, I think my first build should be a Corvette. That's what Morosa was founded on. My grandfather bought his 61 Corvette um, for like 500 bucks, all fire burnt. And he built it up from there. And that's what our company was founded on. So I think it's only fair that I kind of do the same. Okay. Do you have a year? Do you have a generation Corvette that, you, that you're focused on that you like? I think it would be cool if um, I did like a 68 Stingray. Um, our company was founded in 68 and my dad's always been to been into that year too. Um, I think that'd be really cool. We actually have a, I think, I believe it's a C4 sitting in the garage across the street and he doesn't know this yet, but I think it'd be cool to roll that out and rebuild it. So are we talking about building a, a, just a street car or a dragon drive? What's going to be the, what's going to be the goal for, for Penelope Moroso's build i think it'd be cool if i did do a street car just to bring it around we can showcase a lot of moroso products on it and i i would love to bring it to like our local meets i would love to drive it or trailer it up to pri eventually um but i'd like to be able to enjoy it um a little bit more so okay well i'm putting my vote in i think it needs to be a dragon drive car definitely <laughs> a corvette i got to see a couple this past uh earlier this year down in february it's sick week and there was like only like two or three Corvettes on the drag and drive deal. And I was kind of disappointed. So I'm going into six summer here in a couple of weeks and I'm hoping there's going to be some more Corvettes. Cause it just seems to be like the they're, they're falling off the map. Everybody's got Camaros and Malibus and Chevelles and Mustangs. And it's like the Corvette you see Corvettes at the drag strip, you know, racing all the time, but the drag and drive, it's like, it's not, it's the minority out there along with all the other foreign cars, obviously, but no, we got, I know we got some Corvette listeners out there, so that'll make some of them chip up and who knows you might start getting, might, might start getting some feedback about that. When we start throwing out the social media, handles at, at the end of the interview, all right, so let's tell the audience. Okay, it was a given, right? Like, how bad was your HR interview? Like, did you really have to go through oh, a, a was, long process? Uh, it was absolutely brutal. But, no, uh, no. So did you did you do your interview over like a plate of mashed potatoes, broccoli, and some chicken at family dinner, or, or how how was it done? I think I think I might have just texted my dad, and I was like, you know what, maybe I should come work at the shop this summer, and then here we are. <laughs> Okay. I needed, so, I needed a summer job my after my freshman year of college. And I was like, maybe working at the shop won't be so bad. Nothing like a little bit of candor here on Racers and Rental Cars. We appreciate the truth and honesty. Hey, Dad, I need a job. I think I need to come to work. There, I, we, we can go with that. We can go with that. All right, I, was, so, I was working like 4.45 a.m. to like 3.30 p.m. In, in out in manufacturing for that first summer. I, I did my time. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, th that's good that you at least, uh, and I know at PRI, you're palling around with Scott Hall, who he, he's typically the A face for Moroso in the drag mm -hmm. racing world and so forth. So it's good that you were exposed to how the company works and the different levels, but I don't think that's why you're where you're at. Let's talk a little bit about what it is that you do for the Moroso performance product family. So I started working part-time during college, school break, summer, and like during COVID, of course. And so I kind of got to wear a couple different hats. And then about a year ago, um, I was brought into our marketing department. I had just finished college. I graduated. My degrees are in business management, marketing, and organizational leadership. Um, and we really thought that would be a good fit for me. Um, I got, I get, and also being only 22, I'm very into TikTok, Instagram, um, and I follow a lot of social media trends. So we thought that'd be a good fit to kind of freshen up our digital marketing spaces. 
and we're about a year in and so far it's been really great we've gone to try a whole lot of new just we got to try a whole lot of new things this past year um see what works see what doesn't um and it's been really great and people have been really receptive of it and our sales and marketing team have gotten to kind of take on a new strategy of how we display and share our product with everyone okay so and we've I have seen some of the digital marketing social media wise that you guys have been doing the, I, the, I think the one thing that really caught my attention that I thought was a great idea was uh, what's it, the Moroso minute. Mm-hmm. That's I a, think that Scott Hall, that's all Scott Hall's idea right there, but we really made that come together and that, that's been a really good team effort. Um, so you saw Scott Hall's been in a lot of them. Our other sales member, Jim Bianca has been in them and we're working on mine this week. So I'll get in front of the camera soon. Okay, well, let's tell our audience a little bit about the the Moroso Minute. So they're really just quick tech tips. Um, we're trying to get a whole or a Moroso Minute, quick one minute video, highlighting a product, highlighting everything you need to know about it really quickly. And it's a great way just to get some quick information out there. And we have probably 3000 part numbers. Um, so we'd like to get a Moroso minute out for every one of them, but that's a monster of its own, but slow and steady. Well, well I know Scott, I think Scott did one on what was it? The vacuum pump and, mm -hmm. and like they're, they're the big items that, uh, you know, obviously volume that are very important to mm -hmm. any individual that buys a Moroso product. I think they were, I, I just think they were awesome that you did that and, and they're out there for people where now everything is YouTube and people Google something, they go straight to YouTube to figure out how to fix something or what somebody else's issues are. Or so, so forth. It's social media. They're just the days of people picking up the tech, the telephone and calling the 1-800 tech line have mm -hmm. just like they, they're, you know, that, that older generation, as you alluded to the fact that you're, that you're in your early twenties, what has been some of the challenges that you've faced within your company trying to say, Hey, we need to do this and we need to do that. And everybody's going, whoa, whoa, wait, we don't do it that way. That's something I do face every day. Um, we bring something to the table and we're like, Hey, this company is doing this and this company is doing that. Why don't we try it in our own way? And it's definitely, Oh, well, we've been doing it this way for 20, 30 years and it's been working, but how can we make it better? And so with those Moroso minutes at the beginning, it was challenging because they're like, no one's going to watch these. Like, how, how are you going to people? How are people going to learn in one minute? But really, we've seen fewer tech calls the last couple months since we really started pushing those videos. So, well, and I, I, I think you're absolutely spot on with and this is all, this is all marketing metrics and, and so forth, right? It's like Shabs was on the show last week and we were talking about how they do things at Frankenstein mm -hmm. and he doesn't really look at other motorsports performance companies in how they're doing their social media. He looks outside at quality companies that are of the same size as them and, and so forth and looks at some different characteristics and traits. And the thing about it is, is that the world of motorsports, especially if you just want to say high performance motorsports, the car builders, the, you know, the one-off builds, the trade show cars, things of this nature, as well as racing, like the demographics, right? Like th there's, it, it's coming back like the, the older generation, if you will, the, you know, if you want to call them the greatest generation to ever live, the, they're they're starting, you know, we all get older when none of us beat father time. That's just the way that works. None of us outrun him. So for you to come in and try to continue to push your product line, because you guys do have copos and, and so you've got modern muscle car, if you will, products, you've got to take the approach to reach those individuals that are purchasing those vehicles and are in that high performance area. And social media is the way to go about doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. The older generation, they know Moroso, they appreciate Moroso and they're going to buy our product. It's the younger crowd that you only have their attention for what, 30 seconds scrolling on their phone and you want to catch their attention. So the Moroso minutes are great for those quick tech tips, but also we've been trying to push like some more like fun entertainment-esque stuff to kind of get 
a grasp on that audience and that younger crowd. And then they'll see like, oh, they actually have some really cool quality product. And that's that's how I'm trying to rope people in. Well, and and I and the and probably for let's say some of the leadership inside your company, you know, it's what you spend is tied to what you make. So mm -hmm. we need we need to know that sales came from this over here. And the bad part about social media is and digital marketing is unless there's a code tied to it or a web link or something of that nature where somebody clicks on it and then they buy something, you really don't know, right? Because they they maybe they're calling Jegs or Summit or Motor State or some other distribution warehouse or Meyer and they're not calling Moroso directly, but the sale still is there. You just, mm -hmm. it's kind of a diminished return type deal on, on your metric side. Uh, and you really just got to hold on to what you're accomplishing in your likes and your views and comments and so forth and your feedback. Now you've been doing it for a little over a year. How big of a, how big of a struggle is it for you? Do you, I mean, what's been, what's been the one thing if you had to say right now today, what's the one thing you feel like you failed at so far in something that you've tried? Oh, geez. Um, one thing I struggle with is that tracking. Um, so using like the analytics to really see where people are going or where they're coming from. Um, that's where I struggle with most. Um, it is difficult to track that and to kind of see where, how they get to Moroso's website and how long they're on there for. And we could be doing a lot better job. I could be doing a lot better job at that. And it's one of my goals this we have a lot of exciting videos coming. So that's one of my goals for them is to really see how much viewership translates over to how many people visit our website and actually finish their purchase. So that, that's one of my goals. And that's something I struggle with is really making sure people follow through, see a video, buy something from Marissa. Right. And that's really the streamlined process of it. You know, whether you're in embedding a link in the video on the screen mm -hmm. for them, you know, click here, or you've got to, you know, click the discount code in the bio, you know, whatever it is, you've, you've got to put something in there to get them, you know, I, the, the phrase that gets overused all the time, but the call to action got to have a, you know, you got to have mm -hmm. a call to action. Uh, you know, you got to have something there to, to follow up on. Um, what's been, what's been your biggest success so far? Ooh. Um, personally, I think just me getting out there has been a great success. I've got to meet a whole lot of people, which was actually one of my biggest goals because I, because I wasn't in the industry until full-time about a year ago, I didn't know anybody. I knew the people in this shop and that was about it. And so one of my biggest goals was to meet as many people as I could in the past year. So between SEMA, PRI, the races I've been to, um, the events hosted by SEMA and their networks, I've been able to meet a ton of really, really smart and talented people. And I'm super thankful for that. And then for our department, um, really building our content and our social media pages until a couple months ago, we didn't even have a TikTok page. So having a dedicated person to produce our content in-house has been really great. Um, my team is phenomenal now. And we've been able to work really well together and produce a lot of quality content. And it's just, it's just been really great to see how we've been able to work together and showcase products. So what is, what's been the best response since you've taken over now, right now, obviously you're somebody that people outside the company come to for social media and marketing and, and so forth. What's been like the, the, the most awkward conversation that let's say an older generation has had with you and it, when they go, wait a minute, Penelope Moroso. It's funny. Cause when people introduce me to someone I haven't met, it's always, and this is Penelope Moroso. I'll give you one guess who she works for. And they kind of just stare at me waiting to say, yes, it's Moroso performance. Um, and again, people expect me to know everything about cars and it's funny because when I say like, oh, I, I didn't really think I'd be in the industry, um, they kind of give me a funny look and they're like, you're a third generation. You didn't think you'd be in the industry. It's like, well, 
Um, but but it, after we get to talking and they learn about what I'm doing, it's they're very receptive of it. You you referenced the SEMA group. The mm-hmm. what is that? The Young Automotive. What's the acronym? It's yeah. now the Future Leaders Network, the FLN. Uh, uh, okay, FLN. It seems like the acronym changes all the time. So within that circle, what's been some of the strategies or visions, if you will, moving forward? Because right now we're dealing with Meta and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok's going to get banned. And we got all these things that are going on. Everybody's pulling in all these different directions. What's been some of the strategies or or best practices learned that you guys have shared that you can share with the audience as they move forward and trying to do their social media within their own motorsports teams? So I joined the FLN um, right before SEMA of last year. And I actually just got back from one of their um, training seminars in Detroit at the SEMA garage. And something we discussed a lot is how we navigate digital media and present it to our older management teams and showing them that, yes, it's changed and it's kind of scary that you have to try new things and see what fails and see what works. Um, but really presenting it as like a new opportunity. And one thing we learned was saying the phrase, yes, and like someone comes at me with a complaint or just something they're nervous about, but like just acknowledging it and saying, yes, and this is what we can do to combat that. Not saying yes, but like, you don't want to say, but cause that kind of shoots them down. Um, so saying, yes, like I, we understand where you're coming from and this is how we plan on attacking it. Oh, well, there we go. We got a little, a little overcoming or minimizing the objection, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that I know in the army, they taught us like, you know, you have to handle the objection when someone tells you something and it's not what you like, or it's not going down the road that you want it to, you have to handle the objection and get past that. So you can continue to progress in a positive manner. So, okay. All right. Now let's, what, what do we have social media wise, digital marketing? What's, what's going to be the new buzz thing? What, what's, what's coming out? What do people need to be doing? Cause I'm always, I'm over here going, I ain't paying for no blue check marks. I'm not get. I am not paying them money for something that I'm the one that puts information on. That's just, I, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. it I'm, I'm oh. not. I want to earn our blue check mark so bad. Um, but let's see. We're really trying to focus on TikTok and Instagram lately. Um, it, it's funny. One thing I've realized is the it's the stupid videos that sometimes go viral. It's something I put like five minutes into. It's like a quick video, set it to some random trending song, and it goes wild. It gets like hundreds of, and like thousands of views. And then sometimes we'll really dedicate some time and energy and it'll get a hundred views, 200 views. And that's great. But it's it, it just funny to see what kind of blows up on our social media pages. So I, we're tracking that lately. And I want to see as, as we come out with more videos, I want to see if that stays consistent, if that makes sense. Okay. So what's Penelope Moroso's perspective on social media influencers? I think influencers are, are super useful. Um, I think they really do have a lot of pull and a lot of say. Um, the ones that we get to work with, I, I want it to be organic. Like I want the influencers that we work with to already know who Moroso is, already know our parts and the quality of them and want to use our product. I feel like that's the best way to build relationships like you already using our parts. Why don't we send you a few more, add it to your build. You can present it to your audience. Um, and it really does reach so many more people. And I, I feel like it is super important, but you need to find the influencers that want to work with you as much as you want to work with them. Like I, I don't want to work with someone who doesn't even know who Moroso is. They just want free stuff. Um, I feel like that's no. really Really? There's people out there that all he wants free stuff. Oh, it's so fun. How how many how many free stuff messages do you get on Instagram and 
during a week? Uh, uh, too many to count. Too many to count. But, you know, of those, I, I wish I could help everybody. But it, it is about finding those people that really do fit with your business um, that are going to a mutual benefit. That's what we look for. And I, again, I wish we could help everybody and send everybody an oil pan. But at the end of the day, you can't. And Right. And uh, I just need an oil pan. I just need a thousand dollar oil pan. Couple valve covers, a wire set. Yeah, very much so. Easy. Okay. So with that being said, when you're looking at social media influencers and you're trying to gauge what you want to work with or who or I should say whom you want to work with, with what products, do you have some minimum and maximum numbers in there for like, their followers and their views and so forth. Do you ask the social media influencers to generate metrics for you on how many sales they actually generated off of doing a content piece? So we really just started working with influencers. And because of that, the way we go about doing it, we ask for, obviously you can see their follower count, but we, ask for their engagement levels. Um, and we, we like to look at the trends of engagement that they have. Um, cause it is, you gotta look at the views, the comments, the likes, how many people they interact with, um, over a longer period of time, I feel. And I like seeing what platforms they're on. Cause some people are just on YouTube. Some people are just on Instagram. So I, I do feel it's important. You look more than just your, their follower count. And then as for sales, Sometimes, actually, right now, I kind of just look at how many people they're reaching um, and how big their audience is. Um, we haven't offered discount codes before through influencers. Um, that's something we're looking into. But we haven't really focused on sales generated by influencers than just how much awareness we get from influencers, if Okay. So out of that, how are you like, what's your, what would you consider like your ROI for that? Like you, you expect if you let, you know, let's say it's, let's say it's $5,000 that you're working with on this one influencer. How do you break down your metrics on that? As far as your viewership or your engagement rate, are you running a sliding scale? What, what are you where are you trying to find your happy in the middle between the left and the right? So something we've been focusing on is, again, brand awareness. We're trying to promote our social media. We're trying to get that younger crowd to follow and pay attention to Moroso. So when, when we see an influencer post whatever product that we offered them um, and how many people came and followed us from their post, um, we'll see our follower count get bumped up and then people tend to come onto our page and then we'll notice they'll like 20 or 30 posts. They'll comment on however many. Um, and then they, we do track when people follow and unfollow. And so whenever we do work with an influencer, we tend to retain their followers, which is, that's how, that's how I've been measuring it so far. What's a good number on a 30 day period that you'd like to see? For viewers, like how many people come to our pages? Or the followers that come over from a, an actual content piece. We try to reach around 20,000 20, people a month on our page, um, which in the grand scheme of things isn't that many. But we only have, right now we only have 20,000 followers on Instagram. And so being able to reach 20,000 people a month I feel is great for us. And then when someone posts our to our or tags us seeing, I don't know, anywhere from like 20 to 50 people follow us from that post, I feel is successful. Okay. Well, I, I always like to try to get some insight to that because, you know, the racers or, or significant others or moms or dads or however it is that are involved in motorsports, even, you know, down through the grassroots level, you know, trying to climb the ladder, right. They're trying to get better. They're, you know, 
they're they're following Megan Meyer and watching what she's doing with her sponsorship programs and so forth. Like you, you just want the insight that typically happens behind boardroom doors that mm-hmm. the public just doesn't typically get, you know, and when you start, um, uh, you know, I had a conversation a, a few weeks ago about somebody in their email list and they were like, Oh, I got 10,000 people on it. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And they're like, so how much is it worth? And I went penny a name. And they're like, what? And I went, I mean, what am I, I'm buying a potential here. You don't have anything to say that, that they, you know, you ran an email blast and uh, this company got 500 sales off of it. You know, if you don't have data to back that up mm-hmm. off of certain things, it's hard to explain to somebody, you know, and you kind of bust the balloon a lot of times and, and they're upset. So, or deflated, right? Disappointed. Uh, so it's nice when our audience can hear someone say, well, you know, if you make a post and we pick up 20 or 20 to 50 followers off one post, well, that's 50 followers is not a lot. But it's also if those are legitimate individuals invested in that field, in that mm-hmm. segment, if you will, in motorsports, that's that's got a, a good, strong potential of getting at least maybe one sale. It, could, it might not be a big item number, ticket item, but it could be something. It could be a set of wires. It could, you know, I, I mean, I'm just saying that from that aspect. So that's not like outlandishing requests or goals that you're setting for your influencers. And I, I do feel... I feel for those smaller influencers because it was actually our tech department that started our Instagram page. um, I want to say like six years ago. So we kind of got into the game late. So I feel for the smaller influencers and the steps and the goals we set for ourselves, they are a little bit smaller compared to other companies, our size. And I think slow and steady wins this race, obviously not real racing, but slow for our marketing department and our team, our team is only three people. And for what we are and what we're doing, those little steps make all the difference in the world for us. And that's, I'm happy with what our department is doing right now. And so the influencers we work with, we do tend to work with some smaller ones and those small like racers that are kind of up and coming. Um, and, and it's great for them too. They get, again, that mutual benefit. Um, it, it just works, ends up working out for us, um, kind of setting those small goals that reach that ultimate goal at the end. You talk about the, the smaller influencers, I, I think, and again, my my opinion, right? My my opinion. My show. I got a microphone. Um, there's more loyalty of connection mm-hmm. with with the smaller influencers, right? Like if you if you really sit back and you go, well, this person's got a million followers. Okay, well, like you mean to tell me there's a million people on that page that drive race cars or? Uh, build high performance vehicles. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, no, you know, just, you know, let's be honest. And so I feel like sometimes the, you've referenced the 30 seconds attention frame. This person puts out something and it's funny and I'm scrolling here and I'm on my lunch break and I don't really like the person that's talking while I'm eating lunch. So I just click over here and I'm watching reels or TikToks or Instagram and I'm just scrolling and something catches my eye and it's funny. And I go, Oh, I like that. Oh, he's pretty funny. Don't care anything whatsoever about the products or, you know, racing or whatever, but the person's funny or it was an outtake or something of that nature. Right. So now they follow it, hoping that the next time it comes around, they're going to see something of that nature. And I think there's so much, there's so many layers to the followers and, and so forth. And I feel like a lot of times there's some over, overvalue maybe placed on them versus the one that's got 10,000 
or, mm-hmm. or 6,000. And you can go down the list and see that every one of the 6,000 has some sort of high performance car in their photo, in their profile, like their baby, you know, they're going to get ice cream car or what, whatever it is. And so I feel like there's not enough that's done, you know, to pay attention to that. And we just take a paint roller and just roll over. Oh, they got a million or they got 500,000 or whatever the case is. I, I don't know. That's again, that's my perspective uh, that I feel like sometimes the values get run up and the, the return doesn't really come mm-hmm. in. That makes sense. I also feel when I work with one of those smaller influencers, not, not saying that a person with a million followers isn't as appreciative when we send them whatever product, but when that person who has 10,000 or 6,000 or however many thousand followers that is that kind of smaller number, they're so excited, one, and that they're so excited to be working with our company. And then they want to do such good with it. They like take it and they absolutely run with it. Even if we have an agreement of like, this is what we expect. This is, you need to do A, B, and C. They will continuously like promote the product and the brand like so like so much more than what we expect sometimes and i feel we build that nice relationship where as they grow we continue to grow and i i do feel that overvalue is a very real thing and again like there are some influencers with those that amount of followers the million where they're amazing people and we love working with them too but sometimes we want to work with those thirty thousand follower uh influencers and you know, it, there's benefits of both. No, oh, absolutely. You're going to have pros and cons to both sides of the fence. That's why, the, that's why the cliche, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Sometimes you just need to water your grass. Don't worry about the grass over there. All right. We've had you on here for a few minutes. Let's talk about, let's talk about Moroso. Let's talk about, give our audience a couple quick new products that Moroso is excited. That's getting ready to hit the marketplace or already in the marketplace. All right, so we just came out with a whole new series of our Ultra 40 wires. Um, they're eight and a half millimeter. So that kind of filled a hole for us. Um, we do a lot of the eight millimeter. So new Ultra 40 for the LS and LT. Um, a lot of street application right there. Really excited about that. We have some new Copo products coming out. Uh, they should be out by the end of May. And then, of course, we're pumping out new oil pans, a lot of new smaller engine application items. Um, let's see. Best way to learn about those is our Instagram. Um, but yeah, no, we're coming out with about by the end of the year. I think it's like seventy to eighty new products by the end of this year. So a lot of fun new stuff coming out. Well, I saw the I saw the notice for the LS wires, and mm-hmm. you know we we make our own because coils are on the frame rails and over to the engine right so it was nice to see there were some different links that were in there for coil, for the coil packs on top of the valve covers and so forth so uh that, i saw that that caught my attention i was like okay yeah all right scott hall way to go about time let's go okay uh but no that's great i and you put in your shameless plug for the instagram the moroso minute that's perfect uh absolutely all right so tell everybody out there where they need to go to find anything and everything about moroso performance products all right best way to do it instagram and tiktok at moroso performance our website moroso.com nice and easy and you can follow me at penelope moroso because i repost everything (laughs) outstanding all right so now We've kept you. You got to go. I believe this was your first podcast, so I can't just like let you just arbitrarily leave. So guests that come on Racers and Rental Cars podcast have to answer two questions. The first one is you get to send a Christmas card to anybody in motorsports, alive or dead. Who are you sending it to? Oh, geez. Well, not to be super morbid, but I guess it would have to be my grandpa. Uh, he passed away in 1998 uh, before I was born. So give him a little life update. Absolutely. But you wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for grandpa. So, I mean, you know, it's not morbid. But that's who I would okay. send it to. All right. that That's legit. I don't think anybody from the Moroso family's ever been sent a Christmas card here on racers and rental cars. So you're the first one. Huh? Your name's last name's Moroso. Anyway, uh, 
Okay, this is the best one. You get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Who are you sending it to? Ooh, Scott Hall <laughs> in our sales oh! department. <laughs> Scott Hall makes the podcast. How about that? No, he'll he'll love the shout out. Yeah, well, of course he does. He's one of the very few Yankees that I I tease that that he's from Connecticut and I actually like him. <laughs> he's the best. Oh, well, Penelope, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the show, talk a little bit of social media, talk a little bit about performance parts, talk a little bit about your background and your approach to influencers, our audience. We always appreciate it. I learned a little something today for your strategy. So thank you very much for that. And I'm sure I will look forward to talking to you in the near future. Tell the entire team that we appreciate everything you guys do for the high performance world. All right. Thank you so much for having me. We'll see you soon, Penelope. Thanks. All right. That was a great interview. Got you a little bit of different analytics and where the bar is for Moroso on their social media and their dealings and expectations with social media influencers. So that being said, let's jump in. Let's talk about what's been going on in racing. So Chicago, I watched, I don't know if anybody else did, watched on NHRA TV, was not watching on Fox, but I heard, you know, you had Jack Beckman in there, had a little bit of weather, a little bit of problems and so forth, but the crowd looked pretty decent, right? Not been there since 19. Uh, I, I mean, Friday, Friday and Saturday, a little bit of issues with the racetrack on the fuel card side. There were some guys that were talking about that, but I, you just saw it go away and and great runs so i think if we can get back there in a consistent basis which i feel like we will it's a great market and we we need to be in that part of the midwest okay and i i think moving forward they have to be right like we're we're losing racetracks big racetrack venues we're losing them left and right we've got to hold on to these big awesome facilities right i mean chicago i love going there it's it's a great racetrack i mean man it it, it just it's an awesome place to be the fans are great i, I hope that the weekend chicago 2024 is back on the nhra schedule i also hope that it's on the NHRA Lucas Oil divisional schedule. Love to go back there for a divisional race in 2024. So thought that was awesome. Great wins. Clay Milliken, Tim Wilkerson. I mean, how can you not be happy for those guys? I mean, they're great teams, but they, on a regular basis, they end up in the not in the mix conversation. And those guys, they got it done. So it was great to see those guys win. Uh, da- I mean, Dallas Glenn. <laughs> so, uh, but what was the big news that came out of Chicago this weekend? It had been rumored for a little bit. I couldn't confirm it, so I didn't say anything about it. But Camping World, not coming back. Now, I will say this. Sales in the RV industry as a whole, not great. Okay. Now there's other things, right? Like the surface stuff that everybody wants to talk about. Well, there was never any activation. Marcus never came to a race. I, I get, I get it. Okay. I, I hear all of those things. I do. But at the end of the day, all sponsorship deals are driven by sales and what the future looks like. Okay. Interest rates are through the roof right now. Makes it tough when when the average American salary cannot make another house payment for an interest rate on something that's definitely considered a, a want, not a need. So back off all of that and, and keep a little bit of perspective that they have to do what they have to do as a business for all of their employees and all of their employees' families across the country. It's a large company. 
Okay. So let's, you know, I saw somebody post, Hey, they came in, let's thank them and, and, and support the next company that comes in. And I could not agree more with that. Okay. Whether it's an automotive company that comes in service center, another beverage product or a conglomerate of a company, whoever comes in and sees the value that NHRA drag racing brings, okay, to the table, however they are doing their math to come up with that value, we, we, we as a group should support them. And if you don't race NHRA, okay, fine. But the company is supporting drag racing in way, one way, shape, or form, which is probably helping keep some drag strips open across the country that you may race at. So still support them. Because if they leave, then the racetrack goes out of business. You got no place to race. It's kind of a little bit of a balancing act. The take the paint roller and roll over everything and say, oh, I'm not supporting them because of this. Okay. All right. Everybody vote with your wallet. Best cliche ever. All right. So that will be more news coming on who the, who the next sponsor is. I've heard some rumors that they already have somebody at the table. So we'll wait and see. See if that comes comes out. My leader in the clubhouse right now is Pet Boys. I'm kind of thinking so. We'll see. We'll see on that. All right. All-star race, North Wilkesboro. Talk about it. Okay. Great atmosphere. The I mean, all of the social media that I saw on Twitter, Fox's drone shots overhead everywhere. That place was awesome. The people, you could feel the energy through the crowd during driver intros. I mean, just everything. It was an awesome deal. Watched it from the start of the pre-show, uh, pre-race, all the way through. Yep, I even sat through the 100-lap domination by Kyle Larson. And he said it best when he got out of the car. It was an old-fashioned ass-whooping, and he put it on them. No doubt about it. And I'll tell you right now, I was pulling for Kyle Larson to win because I wanted to see Caitlin shotgun a beer because she said she was. And not only did she do one, she did two. I mean, that's my kind of celebration right there. Okay. It was a great deal. I know the race itself, that last hundred laps, Kyle just, I mean, if he'd have gotten, I think if he'd have gotten 50 more laps, he'd have lapped the entire field. I mean, he was on rails. Okay. Now, all of that was great. And then we interview Bubba. And Bubba is giving his PR guy the finger by off camera. Okay. If, if you've ever been in a winner circle celebration, might not be an interview, but somebody is there directing traffic and making sure everybody looks good, right? Now, the problem with NASCAR is, is that the drivers get out of the car and the microphone and the camera is there. Bam. Bubba had not gotten all the sweat off his face yet, really hadn't gotten a drink of water or whatever his beverage of choice was at that time. And his PR person is telling him to fix his collar. I just got out of the car after 200 laps. Can I wipe my face? Can I get a drink of water? But bam, here's a microphone and a camera. And Bubba gave his PR person the bird. And the world blew up. We're not talking, I mean, it's like we've forgotten about Chase Elliott standing on the racetrack giving the finger. Dale Jr. giving the finger. I mean, racers, It Alex Bowman giving it out the window while he's going around the racetrack. Denny, I mean, that, why are we getting so bent up out of shape about it? I don't understand. I don't. Racers at the drag strip give each other the finger. It happens. I don't know why we got so damn bent out of shape. I mean, I do. I can assume. But it's only because it's Bubba. But we're cheering for Kyle Larson at 900 and some odd days ago. Didn't have a damn job. But we don't, we, but we all's forgiven. All's forgiven. I, I can't, I can't get in the boat with you. I cannot get in the boat with you. 
those of you that are out there that are saying that on social media and Twitter and everything, no, you need to be on this week's dumbest show. I don't know. I, I can't get behind you with it. You're, you're losing sight. You're giving everybody else a pass, but you're focusing on Bubba. You're giving Kyle Larson a pass now, and he's winning. I, I, I just I can't – I don't understand. I do not understand your perspective or thought process. That's probably the better for it, thought process. All right. Talked about Kyle, talked about Bubba, talked about Chicago. Again, this week, one of the best weeks in motorsports. Memorial Day weekend. Um, it's always tough. My dad's birthday is this upcoming Memorial Day weekend. Died at Agent Orange a long time ago. <laughs> long, long time ago. And so uh, I, if you're a loved one out there and you've lost a loved one, they were a veteran. All right. Thank you for what they did. Appreciate that. If you're listening to the podcast, I want to say this so that you have an understanding. Currently living and breathing individuals that served in the military, this is not our day. Our day is Veterans Day. It's in November. Or even Armed Forces Day. This weekend, Memorial Day weekend, is about those that cannot hear you or see you. Do we appreciate when you say something to us? Thank us for our service? Sure. We do. We're not, we're not, not ungrateful. But please, if a if a military individual or a veteran looks at you and just kind of doesn't really go off in a lot, understand it's not our day. It's not our holiday. It's all of our holidays because we're free because of those that are not here to embrace it with us and share it with us. So have a high noon, have a burger, have a steak, watch racing, take a moment, think of those that went before us that allow us to be here today for you to listen to me talk, for me to have the ability to stand here and talk to you. That simple freedom for those, for us to be able to go to racetracks, for us to watch football and watch our kids run around and not have to worry about things. Okay. That's what this weekend is about. Giving those people a moment and paying respect to them. Want to do something good? Want to, want to have some gratitude? Go to a local cemetery, VFW, get some, pick up some American flags, go out. Every veteran's got a plate on his tombstone. Stick a flag in, go out there, hang out. Tell them thank you. Clean up around their headstones. The local VFWs do it all the time. American legions. That's how you can pay it forward. All right. It's been a long show. Next week, we'll talk about some health. Talk about some mental health as well. Again, Memorial Day weekend. Be grateful. Be safe on the highways out there. It's a very busy weekend. They always say it's the first weekend in summer. High schools are out. Colleges are out. Be careful. Thank you for tuning in. Rate, review, subscribe, hit the like button. Tell your friends, run our numbers up. Send us some hate mail. One of these days, that guy Cam's coming back. I hear he's not working anymore. I don't know. Didn't I say school was out? All right, guys, take care. Thank you very much. This week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars. We talked about the bird, but I'm not giving it to you. See you next week.